you when you need to know what's happening, it's 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 time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. It's Carl Dukes, put him up, along with my man Brian Baldinger, of course, Jason Lockham for part of his podcast as well. Guys, we're past free agency. Now the moves have not stopped. The moves will continue. But with that said, a couple of things have happened. And Baldy, we got to take a look at one of the big deals that happened here last week, and that's Laramie Tunzel. Mm-hmm. Three years, $75 million with the Texans. Let's go back because people forget the Dolphins drafted him originally, and then they sent Tunzel to the Texans. Wide receiver Kenny Steele's a 2024th round pick, a 2021 six round pick to Houston. And that trade really was the essence of what the Dolphins have been able to do to help build their team. Meanwhile, Laramie Tunzel, where is he at, Baldy, as far as offensive lineman uh, tackles in the league? Where do you rank him? And is this a good deal for the Texans? You know, when Laramie Tunsil was coming out of Mississippi, he was – I thought he was the best player in the draft. And he was ready to be the first pick. And then, obviously, stuff broke, you know, the day of the draft, video, whatever. It sunk him to the 13th pick. Dolphins got a steal. Like, you watch Laramie Tunsil. First of all, he is a very conscientious player. He wants to be great. Now, he's stuck in a horrible situation, but it has not affected his play. Um, he is an elite player. You watch him against the elite players in this business. Watch him against Miles Garrett. He pitches shutouts against Miles Garrett. Um, he is a very, very player, a very good player, and he's a rock. And as much as there's this just this revolving door in Houston, Brandon Cook's out the door, their best receiver last year to Dallas. Like, you just wonder, are they ever going to just start building a core? Mm. Well, I mean, Larry Tunsil is that core, and he's just he's just that type of a player. I remember even when he was when Deshaun Watson was there and they were winning the division, like he was doing stuff in protection, pass protection, that I would look at and study and go, nobody else in this league can do this. Nobody else is literally a personal protector on the other side of Deshaun Watson, going from left tackle all the way across the formation and cleaning things up. Um, he he he's an elite player. He's got a a very consistent set. You, you, If there's a knock, you might say, okay, there's too many little offside penalties, false starts. That 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 has been a problem with him. But other than that, it's hard to argue that um, he's not amongst the top three tackles in the business. So you talk about the Texans real quick. So Cooks is going to the Cowboys. They restructured his deal. Devin Singletary and Dalton Schultz, they signed these guys. And – you know, the thing about the Texans right now, the big question mark, Baldy, is well, who the hell is going to be the quarterback, right? I mean, obviously, whoever the, the Carolina Panthers don't pick is going to be the right. next guy. If it's Bryce, great. If it's CJ, whoever is going to be. But I don't know. Are they doing this backwards? You know, when you go out and you acquire guys that probably could help a winning team right now, given the marketplace, I see these moves with the Texans, and I get it. You know, you, you still need guys to throw to. You still need guys to tote the rock. But I don't know. I'm looking at this and I'm going, we don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Well, they're going to, you know, we got to wait another month, you know, for the draft. And, you know, whether it's CJ or Bryce, you know, or whoever, um, I, I think they're going to, that's why, you know, D'Amico Ryans came in and said he likes his tackles. You know, <laughs> and so, okay, yeah. whoever we draft, I mean, it's almost sending a message, like a big balloon out there to the, the NFL draft world. Like, listen, guys, our tackles are good. I like them. And he, like he put that out there, like literally day one as a head coach, and um, and so whoever comes in, they feel like you know they they 
you know, they drafted a rookie out of Texas A&M who play left guard last year. They got some pieces up front. You get Schultz, who's a decent blocker, but he's a better receiver. Um, Devin Singletary will back up Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. Pierce probably carried too much of the load. He's a really good player. Probably carried too much of a load last year. Wore down at the end of the season. But they feel like maybe they got their running back set. They got their tight end. They got pieces to the offensive line. Like, and then let's get our quarterback and let's just start, you know, getting some receivers in the draft. Like, I think that's kind of where they're at right now offensively. I want to stick with the Dolphins. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle, guys. Subscribe. We put new episodes out Tuesday and Thursday. As we get closer to the draft, we will be putting snippets out about certain players and things that we're thinking about. So make sure you stay tuned and subscribe so you can get that stuff that comes to you as we lead up to the NFL draft in April. All right. We were talking about this. The the trade for Tunzel sets up the Dolphins because they got a 2020, uh, we're going back, guys, 2020 first round pick, 2021 first round pick, a 2021 second round pick. They also got out of that deal. Ultimately, it allowed them to go out and, you know, you acquire uh, a Tyreek Hill and you look Bradley Chubb. They traded for Baldy. The point is, if the Dolphins ever get over the hump, are we going to look back at this trade as the one that kind of set this in motion with the Tunzel deal? You know, you could you go through the list of some of the guys they drafted. I mean, it hasn't worked out. But, you know, they they dipped into free agency. Obviously, both running backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeffrey Wilson Jr., all free agent signings. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb was a trade. You know, the the result is they've got, you know, you go out and you get yourself Jalen Ramsey, all right, David Long. Like, this is a team that can compete. Like, you know, I, I feel good that this is uh, a group right now that, that can is capable of, of winning the AFC East. They got to go do it. Yeah. Um, but they've got, you know, we'll see what the quarterback situation is. You know, I mean, obviously they went backwards when Tua went down last year. You know, maybe Taylor Heineke is a better backup than what they played last year, but it was a big problem. And I don't know that anybody can count on Tua playing 17 games and then the postseason. So you better be positioned at that place to, to be able to continue to win games. And they, they weren't able to do that last year. So I feel like, the, the roster has just gradually improved. And right now, look, Byron Jones didn't play last year. They missed Byron Jones. And, mm. you know, I don't know if he's going to play again. But, you know, Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard right now, if you want to – if Vic Fangio wants to go play press man coverage and take your one or two receivers out, and Jalen can play tight ends and, you know, he can mat, you can mix and match with these guys. Um, you, you, you know, you got Javon Holland back here just cleaning everything up. Like, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good in the back end. I want to see something from Bradley Chubb. I didn't okay. see anything from him last year. I didn't see much in Denver. But I want to see him look like the fifth pick in the draft because I know I've seen Jalen Phillips improve. Like that guy I think could be a real breakout star this year. Um, you watched him in the last couple of games last year. Like he was, a, he was a very good player. And what they have inside, like they got a chance to be a top 10 defense, a top 10 offense, and, and win 12, 13 games. That's how I feel. Baldy, did they make the right decision, though, in picking up the fifth-year option? It's $23.2 million in 2024 for Tua. In the big scheme of things, how I see this is, and this sounds crazy, I know, to most of our our viewers and folks that dig the podcast, they're like, it's not a lot of money, guys. I mean, I I know it sounds crazy, but that investment is not $35 or $45 million where you're cap-strapped if something goes wrong with Tua. It's $23 million. If it doesn't work, 
ultimately you you can move on after this fifth year and make a decision on whether you want to, you know, so that's how I'm viewing this. When people ask me if they did the right thing, it sounds like a lot of money and it is to most of us, but in the quarterback world, Baldy, it's just not. No, it's affordable. And you know, they, you know, they get another year to evaluate to it. I mean, he still finished the season after the concussions and everything else. He still finished the season number one passer in, in, in the league. And Tyreek Hill was was feasting when he was there. I was in Baltimore week two, Carl, when, you know, uh, they came back on the Ravens and put up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And Tyreek and Waddle, I mean, it was it was scary what they were doing. You know, and then obviously the first concussion against Cincinnati, blah, all that stuff. But, um, you know, he finished – like, these guys loved him. They loved his leadership. They loved his accuracy. They loved uh, the way he played the position. Uh, there was nothing really not to like except for, you know, the really, you know, serious concussions that he suffered, you know, within a couple of weeks of each other. And so it's a concern. His injury history is a concern. But, you know, they get another year to evaluate at an affordable price. And every game that he's in there, he gives them a good chance to win the game. Baldy, what are the Packers doing? I want to <laughs> shift gears here. Um, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, the Panthers general manager comes out and says, look, we made this move. We made the trade to become the number one overall pick to go get a quarterback, which we'll talk about in a second. What well, are the what are the Packers doing? So free agency was last week, last yeah. Wednesday and Thursday, March 15th and 16th. Evidently the Packers didn't get the memo. Well, maybe the, <laughs> the 10th year in a row that free agency was on because they they literally did nothing. And then they lost some good players. You know, they lost Alan Lazard. Uh Aaron Rodgers is out the door. And you just go, they probably lost their tight end, Robert Tanya. And you go, what? Like, they, this is how, you know, they're just so steadfast in building the team to the draft, which is fine. Everybody wants to in the draft picks, and they fit on a bunch of them. Aaron Jones in the fifth round was a steal. All that. Yeah. You go through. But, you know, they got seven number one picks on the defensive side of the ball. They played horrible last year. Um, they, they, they couldn't tackle. They didn't stop the run. Um, I saw Jalen Hurts throw for 380 yards against them, or run for 360 yards against them. I'm sorry, run for 360. I have to say that again. They ran for 360 yards against Green Bay last year. I, I just don't know if you're – like, I, I, I've i been around, a you know, a Packer player or two the last couple of days. Like you, If you're a Packer and you're like – you're watching Detroit sign, you know, cornerbacks and a safety and a running back, and you're looking at what Minnesota is doing. You're looking at this league and you go, how do you compete if you're not trying to get better in March? Like if you're like maybe you strike gold in the, in the draft, fine. But there's a lot of holes in this team right now. And if you're Jordan Love, you're going, wait a second. This is exactly what Aaron Rodgers was complaining about. Like, what are you surrounding me with? He won a Super Bowl. Aaron won his own Super Bowl when they were the number one offensive football, and they were six deep at wide receiver. You know, I mean Donald Driver, and you know, I mean, you go through the list of guys. You know, James Jones and all the guys they had. Like, they don't have anything like that out there. And so, you know, they're 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 too, you know, their their tackle that they pay a lot of money to has been hurt, you know, three years in a row. Like I don't they it's Bakhtiari. just I guess it's Bakhtiari. Like, I yeah. just don't think you can really like if you look at just the teams in the final four, look what Philly does in free agency every year, look what Kansas City did in free agency over the last few years and how they've they rebuilt their wide receiver room in free agency last year. Those guys paid off. So I just think there's just been a drain of good players out of Green Bay, and they're not adding enough in there to go compete. It looks to me 
Like Detroit and Minnesota have clearly passed him. And maybe to Chicago, and Lord knows that's like, you know, that's the worst thing any Packer fans could ever hear. <laughs> maybe Chicago is gaining ground on him. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Listen, I, lo- I love what the Lions are doing. Um, and I also really think the foundation for what Ryan Poles is doing with the, with the Bears has kind of been set with this deal that they made and, and yeah. the commitment to Justin Fields. And now let's build it the right way, right? Let's go get these other pieces. And all of a sudden you're going to look up and the Bears are going to be really good. I, I, I don't disagree with that, Baldy. I, the thing about the Packers, though, it's just kind of this assumption that it's going to work. And I don't know where that comes from, to your point. Like, we don't have to do anything in free agency. It's going to work. And you're like, but it's not. You're yeah. not winning chips. And this window that has been open the last few years where you've gotten to the NFC Championship game, you've laid an egg, you've come up short. Think about it, guys. They scored 10 points against the 49ers in that game mm-hmm. they lost, right, a couple of seasons ago. Like, it's not supposed to be this way. And I don't know if it's any better now that we're looking at potentially Jordan Love being the guy to take over and what he's going to have as weapons and, and guys that he can throw the football to. I'm with you. I, I It makes no sense to me how they're going about their business. But, but but they've been going – this is how they've been going about their business. Like, I understand, like, you want to invest in your players. That's that's a solid strategy. And if you can draft well, it's – Take, it's take care of your guys, right, first. But, you know, there's an opportunity to go get – some good players in free agency. And I'm not saying like go overspend and go crazy, but you know, I, I think they could use an upgrade on the offense line. I, I know they can use an upgrade at receiver. Yeah. I know they can use an upgrade at tight end. You know, there's a lot of guys that train that, that change teams. Uh, you know, I, you know, the, a couple of years ago, they went and they got themselves to Darius Smith and Preston Smith. And it looked like, okay. And that made a difference. Their defense improved with those guys. And they had, uh, you know, a good year or two right there together. And it made a difference. Um, but, you know, to just sit on the sidelines when your best player's gone, the best receiver's gone, your best tight end is gone, and say to Jordan Love, all right, here's the keys. Like, it's just, you know, to me, like, I don't know what – this is not the year to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. 